Pound us also. Whoa. That was a way to come in, huh? That was. That was coming in <laughs> hot and hot and strong. Pound us as well. Yes, pound us as well. <laughs> we're, we're taking it back. We're taking it back. Forget the pound me too movement. It's pound us as well. Because we all deserve a good pounding every now and then. Oh, yes. Well, Pasty, how is life in the White family? It's life. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm floating around, just doing the do, living the life. Don't know what's going on so much anymore. Hardly know what day it is. But we're getting through. Floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee, baby. Yes, indeed. That's why they call me Fat Pasty. And he is Fat Mac. That's true. That is why they, they call us that. Because we float and sting. It's <laughs> exactly how we got these these names. It was stuck in my head earlier today. I've always I've always adopted that Eminem hook for myself, just because <laughs> they call me Slim Shady. They call I'm me back. Fat Pasty. Yeah, it I'm works. Back. It fits. I'm back. But now it's they call me Fat Pasty, and he is Fat Mac. I like that too. I like that. Yeah, it's our it's, it's a, our new theme song. It's as good as the uh, stand song that we were doing earlier. <laughs> I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? If I can come up with lyrics for the whole song, I should make Pasty sing it on the air. <laughs> I think we, we were going to do that with that song at one point, weren't we? Weren't with we? that song? Yeah. Not that I remember, like, but it's like possible. You were going to sing the Dido part, and I was going to... We talked about it right here on B6 Podcast well, on I'm one sure episode back in the day. I can't remember half the shit we talk about. Happy uh, National Drink a Beer Day. It is National Drink a Beer Day. You can't go wrong with that. And I'm That's sitting here enjoying a nice, cold, refreshing Sam's Cola. Yes. And I'm sitting back and I'm drinking a Third Street Brew House Lost Trout Brown Ale. Mmm, Lost Trout smells worse. The longer it's missing. And that is a fact, folks. That is a true fact. So you going to make a tomato champagne with that trout? No, I don't think um, <laughs> trout and V8 goes together. In all honesty. Well, the goal was to do it with each and every beer. doesn't matter if it would go with it or not. I don't know if that was the goal or if that, that was just was... something we mentioned one time. <laughs> well, it's still here fresh in my mind, and it's been brought up twice. <laughs> I'll expect you to adjust for next week. <laughs> yeah, some of them beers just don't go good with a uh, tomato. Juno. Juno. I guess I don't know because I haven't tried them, so it's possible. Right. You could be pleasantly surprised or horribly retching and vomiting in a bucket. Yep. Or both. Hashtag me too. Hashtag wait. Pound us as well. Pound us as well. <laughs> Man, 
there's so much going on in wrestling right now, and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of slowed down since the uh, all in. Well, I guess, I mean, I was surprised to be honest. I I could have swore that we already had another pay per view coming up before our next show, and then when I was getting ready to throw some stuff together earlier this week for our show, I was like, oh shit, no, we still got another week to go, and then I was like, fuck, I was planning on using that super show to take up a lot of space, it's <laughs> like, we gotta do something now, <coughs> but it worked out perfectly, because this week was the uh, finals of round one of the May Young Classic, so, as soon as we get to it, we'll, uh, We'll catch you folks up on the May Young Classic and how things are going on there. But after that, oh, you know, I was going to look that up. And I got time right now. I was going to say, after that, I think we got two weeks in a row of pay-per-views and then one week off and then another two weeks. Yep, yep. What is it? And and three of them in a row are not an actual pay-per-view. Well, and then also then um, coming up is the uh, SmackDown 2000 also. 1000. 1,000. Is it 1,000? Yes. Smackdown. Featuring Smackdown staples and icons such as Evolution. Because they were yes. totally on Smackdown, right? Oh, always. That's what no. that's what I remember them from. Entirely on <laughs> Raw. Why the fuck are they on Smackdown? I don't get it. I don't get it. God, hope, you know I what? I hope Batista comes out and he's the only one wearing blue. They actually, that would be great, huh? But then he's It'll over. Be, He'll be over because we'll it's be, on uh, SmackDown, and everybody's like, yeah, he's in the spirit. I'm still hesitant to see if uh, Batista will actually be there. He wants to be back, so I'm assuming. Well, he's, been, he's said multiple times he's got a hold of them to come back, and every time they either don't take his call or just poo-poo him off, and he's been vocal lately about how upset he is with WWE and then WWE doesn't seem interested in them. So it'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting. They've announced him, but you know, card is always subject to change and it wouldn't be the first time they announced somebody without even asking them. So I don't know. I wasn't the biggest, uh, evolution fan in the world. I liked, uh, what was the one after evolution? With Rhodes and DiBiase, and then uh, Manu came in too for like a week. Oh my God! Was that still Evolution? Did they just no, keep going? No, it wasn't Evolution. See, that's the point where I wasn't really watching myself. So. You weren't watching yourself? No. You quit. You quit recording yourself? Yeah. Masturbating in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. I saw too um. much. <laughs> it was about the now, time now, I stuffed my big toe in my anus. Now you know what I've had to put up with, Pasty. <laughs> I don't remember what that, uh, le uh... Legacy, Legacy, right? There you go, yeah. Legacy? Yep. Yep. Man, I wish they'd bring Manu back. I liked Manu. I don't know whatever happened to him. He kind of came and went. They could bring him back nowadays with, you know... Mm -hmm. You got Roman Reigns, you got the Usos and everything. Well, I mean, Batista drops off of Evolution, then it could be just like, oh, Legacy's here instead. Huh? Right? Yeah. Huh? Like, <laughs> I, I, know, I know Ted DiBiase would come back at a drop of a hat, but I tell you what, Cody Rhodes ain't showing up. <laughs> he might. He might not. 
And so it's I actually being Cody Rhodes, he's Stardust. Right. <laughs> I am uh, pleasantly surprised here, Pasty. It looks like we actually. It isn't as saturated as I, I thought it was in my head. So next week, next, well, no, not next. Yeah, yeah, what am I talking about? No, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Next, next Saturday, not this coming one, but the one after that, October 6th, if you will, we have the Super Showdown um, from the Cricket. Super Showdown Jimmy Cricket. Cricket. But then, then we get a whole... Uh, one, two, three, three weeks before we get Evolution. Oh. Because that's on October 28th. I thought they were like two weeks apart. I did too, but no, that's not until the 28th, so we get three weeks in between there. Then November 2nd, so less than a week later, we have the Crown Jewel from Saudi Arabia. Yep. So that one's less than a week later, but then we have another uh, uh, two weeks in between that and Survivor Series, which is on the 18th. And then we get almost a whole month. Yeah, about a whole month between uh, Survivor Series and TLC. So I guess it isn't going to be as saturated as, as it seemed like, the way it looked and, and sounded in my head. I, I thought it was going to be overwhelming and I was going to be drowning in WWE pay-per-views. Now, like I said, somewhere in there is um, SD1K, as we're going to call it now. <laughs> I just I just, I just just decided we're going to call it that. <laughs> SD1K is somewhere in there. When is when is SD1K? Somewhere. I don't know. It's too hard to keep track of everything they're doing all at once these days. Ugh. I, I typed in SD1K and it popped right up, dude. Really? No. Fuck no. <laughs> Nobody else is as stupid as me. <laughs> fuck no. I, I, put, I put smack. I put smack D and it came up right away. Those Smackdown 1000. Um, Take your right, safe filter off. Right after Smack Dick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, do they not even fucking tell us when it is on there? Oh, man. It's hard to navigate. You're supposed to know what episode they're on currently. Right? That's what. Well, it's hard if to you navigate. You don't know, the, you're not uh, a good enough fan. Oh, wait. Tuesday, October 16th. So that will be. Where am I at now? Sixth, then a break, and then the sixteenth. So that'll be in between um, the Super Show and uh, Evolution. I have my predictions for Survivor Series this year too. Do you? Yep. And that's that. Raw is going to have its own Survivor Series match, and SmackDown is going to have its own Survivor Series match. Raw is going to be the Extended Shield versus the Extended Dogs of War. And SmackDown will probably be Team AJ versus Team Samoa Joe. I think. That's in theory. But that's the way it feels like it's going. Because they're teasing like Finn Balor is going to be a part of the Shield and shit like that. So, you know, a couple five-on-five Survivor Series matches rooted to this specific show. It could be cool. That's all? Yeah, that's my theorem. Huh? Well, I mean, in the last few years, we've got Raw vs. SmackDown on Survivor Series. This right. year, I think they're going to do it the way you would like it to be done. And just... Yeah. I'd be okay with that. 
And then I the would women, be okay with the that. women will probably have a Survivor Series match that spans both Raw and SmackDown. That'll be where the the rivalry is. And that, I mean, that'll work. They they obviously don't know what they're doing with the women and don't seem to care anyway. So, I I would see that happening. Yeah, this will be something for them to do. The women are just getting so uh, so lost. That whole that whole revolution completely revolved 360 degrees, <laughs> right. and now it's going back out the fucking door. Yeah, they dropped the R. <laughs> yep. We don't have the budget for an extra letter. Sorry, ladies. I do like what I've uh, what I've heard some people talk about. And, and isn't um, it kind of overshadowing the women's division to have the original evolution at SD1K? Yeah, that is, I, I thought of that too. I thought that was really weird because, you know, when they first put out the evolution thing, you know, everybody on the internet just went haywire with the whole Randy Orton, Batista, Triple H thing, you know. And we get it. That, that's because that, that's they already have a trademarked name for a, a major group. Right. But then they kind of, you know, they did their own thing with it. And then, yeah, all of a sudden now they're talking about evolution again. And it's like, why... My guess is maybe, since that's uh, going to be before Evolution, is that's probably going to be a tie-in, and somehow they're going to try to sell the pay-per-view with those four men. <laughs> I don't I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm sure Stephanie's going to be involved some way, too. It's going to be the credit for it's it. It's going to be the four men of Evolution versus the four horse women. <laughs> it's going to pit Ric Flair against his daughter. Right? <laughs> Man, I'd watch that. It'd be horrible, but I'd watch it. The four, the four horsewoman women versus the four evolutions. Batista, Sasha Banks, Randy Orton, Becky, Flair versus Flair, and Triple H gets Bailey, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of shooting in the dark with these predictions, but I really feel like that's the way it's going, especially with the uh, the whole Shield and Dogs of War thing. I think that's gearing up towards a Survivor Series elimination-style match. 100%. Yeah, that kind of seems to be the talk on the, the interwebs, if you will. See, I haven't even and seen I could anybody see that. talking about it. I could see that. Something I came to on my own terms for once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ah, well, then, then you're on base with a lot of people, too, so... You're not alone in that thought, because I've seen a lot of that, that people see that mm. being a Survivor Series match, and that that would that could be good. I've heard, um, I have heard Dogs of War, and, oh, Dogs, uh, Dogs of War and Miz versus The Shield and Daniel Bryan, I've heard well, that Daniel around. Bryan and Miz are on SmackDown, though, um, so they would well, be then, on, like, Daniel Bryan would be on AJ's And what have team. I heard? Uh, there was, um, God, I can't keep, you know, since... I still haven't, <laughs> just secret time here, folks. I still haven't watched Raw or SmackDown. Actually, that, that isn't true. I watched bits and pieces of Raw this Monday. I was home and I kind of flipped back and forth between that and I think uh, Impractical Jokers rerun and the Impact Practical Jokers rerun was just more entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't catch a lot of it. Um, I did see the, the kick heard around the world, which we'll talk about later. I watched that. You know what I did notice, though, was I, I turned it on 
I was flipping back and forth, and there was a whole episode of Impractical Jokers, basically, before there was, um, before the opening segment was done on Raw. <laughs> so it was, I, I'm not kidding. It was like oh, a half hour of an opening segment on Raw. It was just stupid. And I didn't want, I never watched the opening segment. Um, yeah, I didn't watch Raw or SmackDown this week. I did catch reviews, and I heard they were good, and I'm like, yeah, I should watch them. And then I didn't. Uh, I guess I haven't heard anything of SmackDown. Um, the few things I heard about Raw were poor. I didn't hear a lot of good things about Raw personally, but you never do nowadays. You never do. Pew 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 pew. We're doing that now? Yes. Alright, we're doing that now. That's going to be our new podcast. It's just you and me making <laughs> random noises. That'll work. Exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. Let Pacey White and Fat Mac put you to sleep with a variety of odd noises. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd actually be horrible, but... Pew, 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 pew. You know. Well, well you know. <laughs> Shoot! Oh, fuck. I'm here. I promise I'm here. I'm with the program. I'm with it. Who the fuck is Mike Rome? Mike Rome? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm going through the uh raw roster. The roster. <laughs> um, Mike Mike Rome's road to WWE is quite unique, but it has made him more than ready for his role as ring announcer and host. Hey, there you go. He's a host. A singer turned host, Rome toured around the country with Nickelodeon. <laughs> it fucking literally says that. I'm not, that's not me just making shit up. I'm reading it straight off their website. Oh, a singer I mean, haven't you host. been to those stadium Nickelodeon tours, homie? He was also a cast member at Walt Disney World and Universal Studios, playing characters like Scooby-Doo's pal Shaggy and Optimus Prime, among Sweet. others. He's a self-described nerd and a huge fan of superheroes like Batman, which makes him the perfect fit for the job of presenting larger-than-life ring action to the WWE Universe in cities around the world. Coming to That's the ring, it's the WWE Champion, A. Jay Styles, where's the Joker? <laughs> Can't believe I never heard of this fucker. I love him, man. I'm in man, love with him. Now we're talking about Batman, and now I think we have to touch on Joaquin Phoenix. As oh my the God, clown. does he not look like the best Joker that we? <laughs> he may, may he may not be the Joker we wanted, but he's the Joker we deserve. <laughs> God, I love I loved what I see of seen of him so far. <laughs> to me, he mo looks more like Mr. Rogers than Tom Hanks does for his upcoming role. <laughs> Mr. Rogers? 
<laughs> he's wearing a, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is all wearing a nice cardigan sweater and like I get it. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a bad in the idea. Joker setup? Yeah. yeah. I I've just seen him in a suit. Did they put out something with him I in a cardigan know. I thought sweater? I saw some kind of a sweater. Is I don't know. Either Bob way, Saget? it's weird the that he's like full on in clown. a cardigan sweater. I do get it with it being a, a, a like a origin story of the Joker. But when I say that, it makes me want to stab myself in the face because the Joker is not supposed to have one set origin. And so why do we need a Joker origin story? Is and, it going to be a Joker origin story? And Joaquin Phoenix? I, the looks, yeah. Yeah, he looks okay. Uh, I, I don't know how he's... makeup's on point, for sure. I don't know how he's going to handle the role. Well, that's just it. You never know. I mean, people thought Leto was going to be amazing you until see, they seen him. The problem is, is they cut all of Leto's shit out of It doesn't matter, movie. Pacey. There is... It is definitely they a less given is more him one more thing. chance. Leto should be doing this movie. Nobody, including I think Leto, wanted to see that kind of Joker. I I mean, I, the I'm way sure I there look is at an it, audience for it. it if the Ben Affleck stays, everybody stays. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Ben Affleck ain't gonna be around much longer either. Isn't this his last one? Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to jump ship. But is this one connected? I mean, is this one in their DC universe or is this If it's an origin story, it's got to be at at very least like a prequel like Captain yeah. Marvel is. Yeah, I think I think it is connected. I guess, you know, because honestly, back when back when Suicide Squad came out, they said Leto was going to have his own Joker origin movie and then that didn't come to. So I would assume yeah, well, I just um, you know, now now that we're talking about it, um, fucking, you know, I've looked at these pictures and everything, checked out a few of them. I honestly don't know that I've even uh, read <laughs> anything about it. So I don't even. I guess now that we're, I never thought about it, I don't know what the fuck he's doing or what he's supposed to be there for. <laughs> what was that? How long is he gonna be? Uh, how long are you doing? This we're time? gonna be about two hours, so probably about midnight. Dang. Is that okay? Dang. I want to leave soon. I'm getting really dang, annoyed. dang what? Getting really annoyed. I'm just interacting with the banter. Oh, I hit the mute button, so I, you shouldn't have been able to hear it. I apologize. <laughs> well, it didn't do me any good. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how this works. Well, I guess no. I just hit the mute on the uh, audacity side. Too many buttons to have to push nowadays. Too many buttons. Too much shit. Too how much do fucking, shit. Too many how do professionals do this? Oh, yeah. They have a crew that does it for them. I forgot. Ah. Fuck. They can do whatever they want and say whatever they want. They just give it to somebody else to edit. Yeah, another thing we, I got to start gotta watching that I've been shit. kicking myself in the ass about. <laughs> Iron Fist Season 2 came out. I ain't yes, none it's of pretty it good so far. It's pretty good. I'm about uh, four episodes in. Okay. And I enjoy it. But then again, I enjoyed the first one, and it, apparently nobody else did other than you and I. Oh, I loved it. I loved so, it. Well, I'm yeah, looking that's... forward to it. I did catch, like, bits and pieces of the first couple episodes because Kirsten put it on one day. But I was in the middle of other shit, so I, I was barely watching. Yeah. But I'll end up sitting down and watching that one day real soon. And Yeah. 
Hey, for a little shout out to you guys listening to the podcast and like our other podcasts, I also have to sit and watch another movie. And I can't remember the name of that movie. Happy Time Murders. There you go. Happy Puppet Sex Fun Hour. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's not, I don't think it's as bad as people said, but I went into it. Right. I went into it expecting what it is. Mm-hmm. I expected just a dumb, fun, We've all seen R-rated puppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I've, I've akin it to is Team America, where it's just, there's nothing original and there's not great writing or anything like that. But you go there to see a typical... It's it's obviously just going to be a typical R-rated movie. The only difference is it has puppets, and that's kind of... And not it's just a niche. puppets. It's a gimmick. Real, authentic Jim Henson Muppets. The Henson Muppet Factory. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, fun, it's a fun watch, I think. And you'll be able to catch that on an upcoming episode of... Butter, Butter Pop, Pop Culture! Culture. Yes, for sure. That show is so weird to me. It's the most hands-off show I've ever been a part of, I think. (laughs) Get your hands dirty, buddy. Get your hands dirty. We haven't recorded an episode for Buttered Pop Culture in, like, what, four months or more? A year. It's been a year (laughs) and three months, I think. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's why I've been wanting to get us to get some more. Uh, the fuck happened here? I've been wanting us to get some more current, relevant stuff to talk about on there to throw out an episode here and there. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff we have is is good, just not completely current. But. Yeah, isn't that the fun part about, like, the uh, Netflix Marvel episode we did? <laughs> like, I know. They've all had... They've all had a second season since we've done that one. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Just it's know good. that that content will keep coming. And it won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, Hey guys, this week PlayStation announced they're going to jump on board with the crossplay thing. So that's fun. Maybe you and I can actually play a video game together for once in the history of time. Yeah, we'll see. I don't do online gaming, but I'd do it to play with you a little bit. Yeah, you better play with me. What was what what was the other thing we were talking about? Then we about can us? really get Beef Six Gaming up and running. Right? <laughs> Actually I think I was talking we you and I were talking and uh I don't remember what it was we were talking about, but it's just like gaming nowadays is just it's work. It's like I don't I don't understand how people people buy these games and spend these hours on these games and their their work. Like, they're not even fun. You don't play them. You have to work. You have to sit down and work. And it's like, and it's stressful. And I'm like, God, when I play a game, I want to sit down and enjoy myself. Yeah, but that's just me. I mean, obviously, I'm the minority here because everybody else seems to love this stuff. So I get it. I get it. 
There's so much to do in games these days. My That's the problem. Like, I, I sit here with the PlayStation, and then they give you the trophies or the achievements or whatever, as you will on any other platform. And I've not completed any games. <laughs> and it makes me feel terrible. I'm like, well, fuck, I should just sit down one by one and knock them out. But that's the problem with today's games. You play so many hours into a game, and you're like, yeah, I need to play something else. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so it puts yeah. me at a rough point. But I'm going to start collecting my platinum trophies. And hopefully I'll have some pretty soon. And then in another update, you know, a couple weeks ago, I brought up the fact that I was going to start doing some DDP yoga, and I have just started doing some DDP yoga. Or YRG yoga, as DDP so lovingly calls it throughout the DVDs, because it wasn't always DDP yoga. It was originally yoga for regular guys. I love, too, how apparently he, he despises the word yoga, but his brand is called DDP right. yoga. Right. Like, I don't know this f personally, but I've, I've heard a lot of things where it's like, don't call it yoga around DDP. It's not yoga. It's not it's yoga. DDP yoga. And it's like, well, fucking dude, your brand is yoga. <laughs> so right. You should have thought about that ahead of time. Yeah. I gotta say, so far, it's it's nice. Uh... I'm, I'm just on some of the earlier programs, so it's nothing too overly intense, but you can definitely, with your own resistance, feel it and work up a pretty decent sweat. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. I don't know how long I'll stick with it, but I'll keep you guys updated on it. No, it's good. I'm really... Death I'm to Fat Pasty. Death to Fat Pasty. I've been screaming it for years, and it doesn't help. So <laughs> maybe it's time to actually get up and do something about it. Gotta get up and get around. <clears throat> oh. Well, Pasty, we've kind of chipper-chappered for about a half hour here. Should we, yeah. should we get into the show? Should we keep doing this for another hour and a half? Chipper-chapper? <laughs> we can chipper-chapper. Chipper-chipper. Chip chippity chip chippity chip chip tree. Man, you bring that up and then it makes me think, oh my god, they are remaking Mary Poppins too. So just know that that's a thing. It's a sequel, isn't it? Yeah, it's Is a it? sequel. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know much about it other than it's happening and I, they're sequeling it. I'll be Nyquilling it. You can do that. You can Nyquil. <laughs> Z-Quil. So parents will quit drugging their kids to put them to sleep. That's the damnedest thing in the world. I couldn't believe when they came out with that Z-Quil. I was like, there's really enough parents that were giving their kids actual medicine just to go to sleep. That they had to come out with a non-medicinal form of the shit. <laughs> just to save kids' lives. That's insane. The world we live in. Oh. Back in my day, the the adults would just chuck you at the wall and you'd be out. Right. Back in my day, the parents didn't even pay attention to me, so it's like fuck. They didn't know if I was awake, asleep, around, alive, dead. Nobody knows about Fat Mike. Oh. Oh yeah, let's pound us as well. How about? 
All right. So as I said, this week marked the final matches in round one of the May Young Classic. It is a uh, round robin type tournament. And uh, let's see, how many how many competitors did they start out with, Pasty? A lot. Was it a lot or was it not a lot? <laughs> I don't know the exact number. I'll be honest and say I haven't been following the Let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. So it must have been 32 if my math is correct, because 16 times 2 is 32. 32 young women in this. Um, so we've got one. After this round, we've got one, two, just two more rounds after this, if my... Three more rounds, if you include the final. There we go. Three more rounds, if my mathematizing is correct. So I like the way they do this better than that the UK tournament. I like how they do it. They do about four matches a week, one week in between. It makes it very digestible and very enjoyable. When um, they did that UK tournament, I think they did it in two nights back-to-back. -back. And that's just, that's just a lot, I think. Yeah. I think it is. So I like the way they do this. I've been able to keep up with it from the first week. I've really been enjoying it. It's been a blast. I recommend anybody who hasn't to, uh, well, I'll, I'll throw out a few of the matches after we're done here that I think were some of the best ones. I don't think you have to go in watching the first round. You could probably go in watching the second round and, and on. Because obviously, I mean, this is a tournament, so they're not going to, they, hopefully they're not giving us the best matches in this first round. I hope not. I well, love great wrestling. But. I mean, for the sake of the people who don't make it into the second round, I hope they put on some pretty good matches. But Well, you want them, yeah, you want them to put on good matches to show their stuff, but you still don't want, you don't want any match in the first round to be better than the matches in the finals or even the semifinals. Yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't. That's not the way I want to sell something. Otherwise people in the first round should have been in the final rounds. But anyway, that's besides the fact. Uh, well, let's just get into it then. I'm gonna, we'll uh, we'll tell you a little bit about the competitors, who they are, introduce you to them, and then let you know what happened. The very first competitor is Tegan Knox. She is a 23-year-old from South Wales, 5 foot 6 inches, her fighting style is High Flyer, and her finishing move is The Shining Wizard. She is the first ever WCPW, that's What Culture Pro Wrestling Women's Champion, under the name Nixon Noel. And she was supposed to be in the inaugural May Young Classic, but tore, a torn ACL took her out before the tournament even began. She is currently signed to WWE and appears on the NXT UK brand. Now, she was going to be in last year's tournament, like I said, but spoilers, and if you don't want spoilers, just click ahead like, I don't know, one minute, 30 seconds. It's not a big thing, but I have heard that this year she has again injured her ACL. I am not sure at what point in the taping it is um, because in the first round she's doing fine so far. <clears throat> Um, but that is kind of a, a heartbreak. I, 
It'd be so that's that's horrible. You 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 miss out on the first one because you get injured, and then you get into the second one and you get injured during it. And um, I mean, we never want to see anybody injured, but that's this just this time. It's a work. Vince said, "Hey, that's your gimmick now." <laughs> the injured ACL is your gimmick. Uh, but this young woman took on Zatara. She's a 24-year-old from Chile. She is 5'2 with a Lucha Libre style. She is the first Chilean WWE superstar. The masked luchadora has captured titles throughout South America and counts wrestling in Mexico and counts wrestling in Mexico City's world-famous Arena Mexico as one of her proudest accomplishments. Yes, Pasty, we all know WWE loves their first evers. <laughs> For every country that's out there, they're gonna have a first ever from that country. Yep. You know, and then and then not she's the first ever Chilean WWE superstar, but as soon as they sign a male, it's gonna be the first ever male Chilean superstar and <laughs> they just go crazy with this. Um this was a pretty good match. It's seen Tegan Knox defeat Zatara with a shining wizard. I will say I've been impressed with Tegan's shining wizard. Uh, we've seen a lot of wizard shining throughout the years in pro wrestling. One of my favorite moves, I love the shining wizard. If anybody doesn't know what it is, it's basically just a really fast running shin kick. Mm-hmm. Which and, doesn't uh, scream wizard by any means, does it? Nah, some people, the first person to do it did it in such wizardry fashion that it's like, wow. It was originally the shinning wizard. Because it's the shin. But uh, it got lost in translation, you know. The shinning. Makes me think of that Simpsons episode. Uh, But this was just a a good opening match. It was the very first match in the very first round on the very first episode of the very first ever second Mae Young Classic. It was good. Next up, we've seen M.J. Jenkins. She is from the United States, 5'6", considers her fighting style hybrid. The woman named Monique Jacqueline Williams Jenkins. Wow. Has wrestled in promotion. Why don't they just have her go by that name? I know, right? It's so much easier to say. She has wrestled in promotions such as Shine, CZW, and Impact before coming to the Mae Young Classic. Couldn't find a lot about this woman, to be honest, Pasty. Uh, hadn't heard a lot about her. She took on Rhea Ripley. She's a 21-year-old Australian. She's 5'7". She's a powerhouse. She's 57. You did a really good job at writing this up, by the way. <laughs> uh, and uh, Pump Handle Powerbomb is her finisher. Uh, the 21-year-old Ripley Pasty entered last year's May Young Classic as the youngest competitor in the field and made it to the second round where she was eliminated by Dakota, Dakota Kai. Kai. Favorite of mine. At the NXT UK tapings in Birmingham, Ripley participated in an eight-woman tournament to determine the inaugural NXT UK Women's Champion in which she won by defeating Tony Storm in the final round, thus becoming the inaugural champion. She is the first Australian woman to hold a WWE championship, Pasty. Another first. (laughs) Two matches in, we got two firsts. That's a first. The first time there's been two firsts within the first two matches. Right. They could have done it sooner if they would have given it to one of the Iconics. Right? 
Fuck. Yeah, them women are just being mis mismanaged. I hope they do something big for them at the uh, Super Show. Yeah. I hope they get a big match, a big win. They deserve it. Mm-hmm. Really. This was okay. Um, MJ Jenkins actually kind of impressed they me. They beat Ronda Rousey. Yeah, why not? Just let him beat her. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, Rhea Ripley did end up picking up the wind here with a pump handle power bomb. I like her pump handle power bomb. It was a, uh, it's pretty fun, and you don't you don't see a lot of pump handle moves nowadays. At least not in WWE. Right. Man, I really wish you had watched some of these so I could throw some more to you. Uh, see, this is going to go faster than you thought, I think, Pasty. Yeah, you're Next up, already a tenth of the way through. <laughs> we had Vanessa Craven, 36-year-old Canadian, 6'2". She's a brawler. She's too old. She, she's too old. Her finishing move is a cliffhanger choke bomb. Which is basically just a two-handed sit-out choke slam, but it looks pretty cool. The mountain they call her, Pasty. She's a big, she's a big one at six-two. She's dominated competition for more than fourteen years, including in her native Canada, the United States, and Japan. Never one to shy away from physical contact. Craven was the only girl in her elementary school to play tackle football with the boys. As the first girl to play baseball in her district's Little League, she's also used to breaking down barriers. She is a former Shimmer Tag Champ with Tessa Blanchard and a Northern Championship Wrestling Women's Femme Fatale Champ. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of Tessa Blanchard, she's just doing an awesome job over on Impact. I've been keeping up with Impact there in, there in Mexico for three weeks. And... Um, She's God. I'm just loving this heel Tessa Blanchard character. Yeah, it's good. Just, it's good. She should go to WWE and then take the place of one of the four horsewomen. Right. I, I hate to say it because I love Bailey, but she could take Bailey's place. <laughs> yeah. Bailey yeah. doesn't belong in that group. I love Bailey. I love her to death. I'm not knocking Bailey, but did all four in that horsewomen group. have daughters? That's the question. What? Did oh, oh, do all the four horsemen have daughters? Yeah. Um, I, I just restated exactly what you said <laughs> as if I made it more clear. Oh, oh! <laughs> In my head, I thought you asked if all four horsewomen had daughters, and then I was like, what the fuck does that do? But I, I see what you were saying. No, no, um, they, they all gotta have sons somewhere down the line, and the next stable has to be the four horse boys. You know what they could do? They could bring in uh, Ric Flair's other daughter... And then, um, and then Conrad Thompson could come and be her valet. I want to see Conrad Thompson coming down to the ring. <laughs> I would assume they all did. I'm sure they were all man whores back in the- Well, to be fair, there were 17 four horsemen. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just get that out of the way first. If you're talking the originals, you had Arn, Oli, Oli, Oli? The fuck is Oli? Arn, Oli... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Oli. <laughs> I remember the matches of Oli. Oli versus Steamboat Classics. Oli versus Rhodes. Oli Ganya. Um, no, there was Oli, Arn, Rick, and I think it was Tully Blanchard was yeah, the Tully. original yeah. four. And then Oli went out. 
And then, um, why am I spacing off on the, the good one? Um, wow, this is pathetic. He's the one that was even um, put in, in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I'm just... Well, I'm drawing a blank on him. Um, one of the best wrestlers of our time. Well, yep. Uh, With see. that being said, Hang on, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the quiet on the when we're thinking. I know, right? Thinking, That's, thinking, thinking. <laughs> Uh, we got, we got, uh, Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor. No, Lex Luthor. <laughs> and it's not and Paul Barry Roma Windham. either. Barry Windham, thank you, Barry Windham. And Sting and Sid Vicious. Yeah. And then the three And Paul horsemen. Roma. <laughs> and Paul three. Roma. Don't forget Paul Roma. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's only a handful of them. There was more than that. Along the way... Oh, but yeah, no, she's doing a great job, and she's going to take on Johnny Impact's uh, wife, Taya Valkyrie, at Bound for Glory. So that's one we have to watch. I think that's mid-October, so that'll take... So we do have a lot to watch in October. It just isn't all WWE. And then there's the WWE. Extreme Horsemen. Did you know about that? Oh, my God. They came together uh, in Dusty Rhodes' Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling promotion. Uh, was Steve Carino... C.W. Anderson, Just Incredible, and Simon Diamond. Oh, hey, that actually sounds like a good group. C.W. Anderson does not get enough love. He is totally underrated badass. I but haven't seen a C.W. Anderson like match. Cold. What's that? He's too much like Stone Cold without the cool. Well, yeah, and about 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's just... uh. I haven't seen a C.W. Anderson match I didn't like, in all honesty. We need to see more of him in the WWE Network. Put him on a hidden gem. Oh, anyways, Vanessa Craven, The Mountain, took on Lacey Lane. Wait, She's from the... I found the full list. Oh, my God. <laughs> Break it down for us, because it is ridiculous. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard... With James J. Dillon as the manager. The okay, yeah, that was the original. The years, we had Lex Luger, Barry Windham, Sting, Sid Vicious, Paul Roma, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Henning, Dean Malenko, Associated Members, War Machine, Hiro Matsuda, Kendall Windham, Butch Reed, Michael Hayes, David Flair. And then they had an assortment of managers and valets from James J. Yep. Dillon, Baby Doll, Dark Junie, Journey, <laughs> Dark Junie. <laughs> Dark Junie! Her and Ollie! I remember when she'd come out with Ollie! <laughs> Dark Junie and Ollie! Man, they made a hell of a team. That was my favorite pair back in the day. When Ollie came out with Dark Junie, I knew shit was gonna hit the fan! <laughs> Yes, folks, those 15 people are the four horsemen. Dark Journey, Hiro Matsuda, woman, who was Ric Flair's valet, and Benoit's wife and valet. Just yes. named woman. 
Fifi, no. Rick Mary. You know, Rick you know what happened to woman? <laughs> and then there's Fifi, Rick Flair's maid during a flare of the gold segment portrayed by Wendy Barlow. You want to you want to know a fun fact? Huh? Fifi, the woman that wa- was his maid? That's the Drake song, right? Well, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's uh that's the woman that he was just tongue kissing uh, a couple weeks ago. That's oh, who he married. Okay. He just married his his old maid from WCW. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling world man this is shit that you just you, you, you it sounds like you made it up but you didn't make it up that's real life that's that's what happened rick flair just just married his maid from wcw <laughs> i didn't know miss miss elizabeth was rick flair's valet mm-hmm. huh. and then of course double d rick flair's nurse double d jeff jarrett uh Quite a list. Yeah, that's uh, of it's that's a who's a who and a who's that. <laughs> it's a lot more than a four. Yeah, the four horsemen. That's it. I mean, that's one of the things too. People always talk about how oversaturated the NWO got, and it's like, I get, and the NWO did get horribly stupid oversaturated. But, but they didn't like, have a specific number in their name. The four horsemen did also, but they just kept it at roughly three to five people all the time. They just rotated a bunch through, you know? Yeah. Sometimes there were six, sometimes there was three, but they were still the four horsemen. All right. All of that because we're talking about Vanessa Craven. Yep. That's the way it goes here at Beef Sticks Podcast, <laughs> folks. The Canadian Mountain took on Lacey Lane, pasty. Yes. She is a, a lady from the United States. She considers herself Lucha Strong style. And her finishing move is a crucifix bomb. Good old Double L was a member of the 2012 NCAA Division Double I Championship. I mean, it's two, but I was on a double <laughs> streak there, so I just had to say it. Um, and we were just talking about double Ds and everything. Um, for Shaw University, she was. But deciding to give wrestling a try... Lane studied her mat game at 3D Academy. Pasty. Yes. I would assume that would be the uh, wrestling academy run by Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, potentially. Actually, it's the wrestling academy of Double D, but also with D'Lo Brown in there. That's the three Ds. <laughs> it's D'Lo and Double D. <laughs> That's the 3D academy. <laughs> no, you are correct. It's... Uh... <laughs> It is uh, Bubba and Devon's Academy. Anyways, Lacey Lane ended up beating Vanessa Craven, which really bummed me out because Vanessa has a, a badass look to her. But she beat her with a, a really cool crucifix bomb. I really like her. I mean, it's basically just a crucifix, but she does it with such impact that uh, it's, it's pretty badass. Well, she better watch, better watch out how much impact she's using. She wants to make it far in this company. I'll tell you that. But as I've learned from years past, sometimes the losers uh, end up better than the winners. Oh, yeah. They end up going on to have long, I don't know about long, it was just last year. I was going to say, they, end up, they go on to have long careers in <laughs> WWE. Well, they go, they go on to go to WWE. Up next, we had good old Killer Kelly, 26-year-old Portugal wrestler. She's 5'5", and she's a striker. 
Starting her career in her native Portugal, Pasty, where she faced only men. The NXT UK superstar Killer Kelly was driven to be especially ruthless inside the ring from day one. A former professional swimmer, Kelly moved to Germany to, con to continue her wrestling training, and it wasn't long before she turned into one of Europe's toughest and most dangerous competitors. Ooh. And uh, she took on one of the highlights of this whole uh, tournament. Mako. It's Mako time, pasty. Mako Satamura, a veteran, 38-year-old from Japan, 5'2", strong style. Her uh, finishing move is a scorpion rising. It's a type of a Death Valley driver. Oh, I thought it was a movie the way you have it written here. <laughs> like DVD. Don't you love that nowadays? <laughs> like, like, like when, I was, when I was growing up, a Death Valley driver was a DVD. But then DVDs came out, and it was like, oh, whenever you'd say DVD, it'd be like you're talking about a movie. And now nobody knows what DVDs <laughs> right, are anyways. Right. So you can call a Death Valley DVD Driver a DVD Netflix? again. <laughs> yeah, nobody would even know what you're talking Like, they'd be like, oh, a Death Valley Driver. It's like, it's funny how the world evolves. Um, fucking, I, I love Mako. Mako has attained the highest available ranking in Japan, Yokozuna. No, we're not talking about the overweight Samoan. Hey, they should have her go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I mean, he really did want Yokozuna. I mean, he really did want him, but wouldn't that blow his mind? I really want Yokozuna, and in comes this woman. We got to have a woman. You wanted Yokozuna. Oh, he thought he was a man. Why didn't you have to blur out his titties? <laughs> Uh. Yokozuna. Um, but she attained that ranking as a result of her 23-year career, Pasty, that began when she was 15 years old, Pasty. And not only did she start wrestling at 15, she competed on WCW Saturday Night back when she was 15. Holy shit. Could you imagine being 15 years old and getting to wrestle in WCW? Well, that was the dream back in the day. It was. That would have been badass. Um, as the founder of Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling, she has been a formidable advocate for women's wrestling in her own right. A living legend in every sense of the word, pasty. So WWE is going to bury the shit out of her. They probably will over time, but, well, obviously at her age, they're not going to push her. I mean, I can just tell you that now. A 41-year-old AJ Styles, they'll push. A 38-year-old female, they will not. I, we just know that. It's not going to happen. Isn't Asuka about that old? No. No? No. 38? I always thought Asuka no. was a lot older than she looked. No. You look her up while I finish uh, talking. The oh, talk. I'll, I'll look her up. <laughs> wow. Ah. So, what the Good fuck was that? Fucking, <laughs> 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 that was a sick cat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's 37 so, so yeah is she 37 yeah wow she looks awesome for 37 uh-huh fantastic um mako did win they, they obviously weren't gonna have her lose her first round match i could see her I, I don't know who she faces coming up let's see mako 
Mako. She, oh, she, man, she's facing Mercedes Martinez, so that's going to be a punishment a Martinez's sister-in-law. Yep, sure. Sweet. Um, Mako won by pin after a Pele kick and a Death Valley driver. Or Scorpion Rising. Or DVD. Or DVD. She threw a DVD at her face. The Scorpion King. <laughs> Rock the Dwayne Johnson is Scorpion Rising, featuring Mako Satamura. Up next, we got Priscilla Kelly. Another Kelly. We went from one Kelly to another. Kelly Kelly. Is R. Kelly in um, here somewhere? I think Machine Gun Kelly's getting power bombed by uh, Kevin Owens somewhere. Machine Bun Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the record, he got he got owned by Eminem, and Eminem's diss was half as good as they used to be. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna come back from that. He might try. Yeah. But yeah, Eminem did a, well, I mean, did a hell seeing of a job. As, see, seeing as MGK just released a new EP last week. The odds are him and Eminem played this whole thing up, but... Oh, it's very possible. You never it know. It is what it is. It was good for what it was. We got some good songs out of it on both sides. Yeah, yep. And that's all that counts in my book. I think what sucks, what sucks is, is possibly the way MGK went around it was better than the way Eminem did. And like I said, Eminem's response was nothing compared to what MGK would have faced... You know, 10, 15 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, like nothing. But Eminem still won just because he's Eminem. Well, and his was better. Yeah. I will say that. Oh, yeah. I there's do a though. lot of depth to it. I had to go back and listen to it like 10 times. And every time I pick out new shit, like, holy shit. I do have to agree with what I've seen on the internet, though, where... Because I, I, I really didn't know Machine Gun Kelly until this came... Actually, I'd never heard a song of his until this came well, out and I heard the Well, you did see Kevin Owens powerbomb him, so didn't you, I, off, I, uh, I, off the I, WrestleMania stage? I did see that, and I thought it was stupid that he was there, and I thought he looked stupid, and he still does, but I do have to agree with what I've read where people were saying, you know, when M, when MJK, MG, MGK came out and did his diss, and all the M fans were laughing at him because he said, your beard is weird. You're like, hey, that's just stupid. And then Eminem came out, and he's like, you're named after a gun, but you wear a man bun. And they're like, oh, burn! And it's like, that's the same fucking diss! That's the same fucking diss! It's the same thing! <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, mad props to Eminem. Good for him. The beard is um, a little weird, though. The beard is... The beard works. Eminem makes his... his his look work. I like that he he changes up his look a lot. He's yeah, like he a, a goes good pro from wrestler. To dark haired. <laughs> no, he just like no his whole like his whole style, his swagger, his clothes, his uh, yeah. He changes. He, he I don't know. He seems to to keep it new and fresh. Maybe not. So I'm watching that uh. So I'm watching that Quincy Jones autobiography, or that uh, Quincy Jones, yeah, autobiography, or whatever the fuck it is, documentary, whatever it is, it's with him, it's like actually him, it's done by his um, daughter, okay. Rashid Jones, and uh, the very first scene, the very first person on there is Dr. Dre, I was like, wow, I did not expect that. Nice. So, it's good, I'm, I'm only on about, there at all? 
Not yet. Oh, he better I'm be. I'm only in there. about a third of the way through it right now, and it's been badass. Right now, they're talking about the the old days. There's a lot of um, Frank Sinatra and okay, uh, yeah, lot, Paul lots, McCartney. Lots of distance to travel then. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would be very upset if Tech Nine doesn't at least have a small role in this because uh, Quincy is a big part of the reason why Tech Nine blew up the way he did when he first came on the scene. Right. Quincy's the reason a lot of people blew up the way they did. <laughs> that man, that man could make some music. Uh, Priscilla Kelly, 21 years old, from the United States, 5'5". She's a technical brawler. She made a pro debut at barely three years ago, Pasty. But Kelly's in-ring persona was initially based on her past being on the reality show. So she's a, a female Miz here. My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding. That's a hell of a damn... That's a lot of words in a title. Right. I, I didn't look up to see if this is a real thing, but there's it so is. many damn reality shows, I wouldn't surprise me. So she was on My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, and she used the nickname Gypsy Why Princess or Gypsy Queen. Why didn't we name our Gypsy podcast Queen. My Big Fat American Wrestling Podcast? We can make another one and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's too many damn words. How do you fucking get that out? Uh, however, since then, her persona has adopted more of a gothic and sexual tone. Ooh. Kelly's in-ring persona is now more based off of a succubus pasty. She can suck she, my bus. She also uses <laughs> hashtag us also. Pound, pound me too. Pound us as well. She, uh, she also uses the nickname Hell's Favorite Harlot, which further... Uh, um, which furthers her sexual persona. Kelly is also known for using tactics like biting and licking during her matches as a way to psych out her opponents, as well as further her character. She has often been compared to Paige in both gimmick and ring prowess. And I guess the sexual deviancy. <laughs> I just, I had to say it. I couldn't let that one go without saying it. Keep your eyes on Xavier Woods, guys. <laughs> right. She took on a, uh, a full-cell favorite, Deanna Perrazzo, 24 years old, USA 5'2", technical. Her finishing move is the Fujiwa armbar. Most people know her from NXT. A meticulous grappler, Pasty. She possesses a highly technical in-ring style that has wowed audiences around the world, including Japan, Puerto Rico, England, and Canada, thoroughly demonstrating the significance behind her moniker, The Virtuosa. Perrazzo is credited with starting the rebirth of Women of Honor, making her debut in a match against Mandy Leone in July of 2015. Although losing the contest, this match set the tone for what was to come in Women of Honor. She has competed in ECWA, Impact, and Ring of Honor, where she won the Women of Honor Wrestler of the Year last year. Nice. Currently, she is signed to WWE and NXT. Did my autocorrect change that, or did you change all of those? I didn't change it. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I'm writing stuff down, folks, and I, I shorthand some things, although you wouldn't tell it from reading it. But, Anyways, for Women of Honor, I just put W-O-H, and it must have autocorrected to who every time. <laughs> so give me credit for not saying who every time I said Women of Honor, folks, because I was just reading through that and... <laughs> For what was to come and who. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Pound us as well. 
Um, this Priscilla Kelly, I, well, first let me just say Diana Prazo, Prazo. God, we're having a hard time here. Zerbadi do. I know. Um, I haven't even been drinking today. I'm on my, I got two beers open, so I'm halfway through two beers, so I've had one beer, Pasty. That's sad, actually. Um. Right? It's always a problem when you can still do simple mathematics. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> Perazzo defeated Priscilla Kelly with her Fujiwara armbar. Um, I don't see Priscilla doing anything in WWE. Um, as you can tell just from me reading her uh, synopsis. There's a better yeah, word for it, but she, I can't think of it. She's a little extreme for WWE content. Yeah, that just wouldn't translate well in WWE. I could see them fully re-gimmicking her as some sort of gypsy, but I don't think that would help her out in WWE. It might go over huge in NXT, but as soon as she went to the main roster, I don't think it would work. I don't, man, where did that come from? I don't raspberry a lot. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Razzmatazz. I just, it felt out of place as soon as I did it. I even did the um, upside down, the thumbs down. I know you, you <laughs> folks can't see it, but I did that literally as I did the raspberry, and I'm like, that is very not me. I don't know where that came from. Hey, I offered to let the folks That's see not it. My, I offered. That's not my style. You offered him? I offered you to let the folks see the show tonight. Because oh, yeah, I'm yeah, back you, you in did. the living room and direct connected to the internet, folks. I'm back. And in the living room, I'm back. Hardwired up. No, I gotta wait until I get my new computer and get all my uh, video shit set up. And if we're gonna do it, let's do it right. I think the fans deserve. I mean, it might be it might be crappy content, but let it be awesome video. Yes. 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 Moving on, we got Ariel Monroe. She's from the United States, 5'5". She's a striker. Her uh, finishing move is Dirty Dancing. Basically uh, a rainmaker, if you will. or Well, a, a ripcord forearm. So instead of a instead of a lariat, it'd be a forearm. Big swole, they call her, pasty, which... <laughs> um, the definition of swole has changed. Since my day, apparently, because this woman is not what I call swole. Like, to me, swole was always, like, super muscular yeah. and just ripped and, I'm swole. Yeah. I mean, this woman isn't a slouch, but she's definitely not super muscular or anything like that. So, I, I don't know. She's no but big swole. She, no, she's not. Uh, she has a big personality and a swole mentality, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> but I, that's what, I mean, this is her. Sure this is coming swell? from her. <laughs> she's got a swell mentality i mean this is this is all her and if her you shit, hit her man, in the face I'm... she really puffs up <laughs> um she's learned much under the training of her husband cedric alexander prior to training for the squared circle she was a fire truck mechanic in the u.s air force pasty Ooh. that's um wait wait, wait 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 they have fire trucks in the air force well, they're, they're flying fire trucks. They got wings it's on not them. A they truck still got then, ladders. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a truck. Of course it's a truck. <laughs> Japan set to release 
Flying buses. It's like, son of a bitch, that's a plane. I didn't click the article to see if it was real, but I seen a thing that said, Japan's set to release string of flying buses. I was just like, that's just, it's a fucking plane, man. It's just, quit trying to just act like, that's like WWE. For the first time ever, a flying bus. It's like, son of a bitch, it's a plane. Get the fuck out of here. For the first time ever, underground airplanes. Right? <laughs> Son of a bitch, that's a subway. <laughs> subway on land. Right? <laughs> These people. The first ever unicycle with two wheels. <laughs> Don't fuck around with this shit. <laughs> um, no, that, that's badass, though. I mean, um, she truly exemplifies pound me too. Because fucking fire truck mechanic in the u.s air force I, I i the first thing that comes to mind is not a woman to me although she's probably better at it than i could ever be probably better at it than cedric um we could be seeing more from her though obviously with cedric being uh, her husband you never know but she took on man i was gonna I was going to double up on this to make sure I said it right. Zeusius, I'm pretty sure, is pronounced. Zeusius. 29-year-old from Mexico. She's 5'4". She calls her style different from everything. And her finisher is the Spanish fly. Which isn't different from everything. Not really. <laughs> the masked luchadora was born in Puerto Rico, but lived and trained for her professional wrestling debut in Mexico. Ever hear of Latin Strong Style Pasty? Well, you'll know it after seeing Zeusius, who hits so hard she calls herself Puerto Rican Power. That sounds racist. It sounds like, the, uh, sounds like an illegal, um, um, like steroids, like human growth <laughs> hormone or something like Got Got some of this Puerto Rican Power over here, buddy. Sharp hey, hey. Hey, Brock Lesnar, want, want some Puerto Rican power? <laughs> um, Zushas has won many titles in CMLL and Reina Joshi Peruso. Not to be confused with Puerto Rican powder. Correct. <laughs> which which I enjoy myself. <laughs> um, Zushas actually, Pasty, has, act, has won the mask of Princess Suhei, a grappler from the original Mae Young Classic that I was impressed Princess with. Princess Sug Hit. <laughs> Remember when ah. you were talking about that? <laughs> We were going to say that, that, sh that they should hire Suge to be your valet, but that motherfucker's locked up now. <laughs> Old Suge hit, Man. lost your valet. Yeah, he got, what, what did he get? He got caught up for murder, didn't he? Uh, not for murder, but a hit and run during the filming of um, um, uh, Straight Outta Compton. There you go. This motherfucker, he's another one that he's just straight out of a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking Suge Knight. I love him. I have, I, I have, I just love Suge Knight. I've been uh, enthralled with him ever since the mid-90s when I was uh, um, a preteen, so obviously it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. Well, but I mean, how many massively public figures can kill people and get away with it and still be in the spotlight? Like, what? Yeah, what? Dang dangling fucking pop stars off of balconies, fucking doing hit-and-runs during the shooting of an NWA movie. Like, that, that shit's just nuts. That, sh that shit that you would write. That shit that somebody thought up in the fucking writer's room, but it's real life. 
the the man is just amazing. But he he never ceases to astound me. Good old Suge Knight. Oh hey, um, back on the topic of hip hop. I'd just like to tell everybody that Cypress Hill released a new album today. Way to go, Cypress! I believe it's called Elephants on Acid. That is not safe. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. It's, it's a good album. That is not safe. You should not give elephants acid, folks. I want to do acid with an elephant. Um, Fuck, we can just dose all the water supply at the zoo and then hide and stay in one night and just hang out with everybody. That would, that would be such a trip, man. <laughs> That'd be such a trip. Uh, uh, if you survived the night. If you survived. Because I'm willing to bet animals don't have good trips. You know what I mean? Especially animals who are locked in a cage for their whole life. Probably, yeah, probably not animals locked in a cage for their whole life. I mean, it'd be interesting to see them out in the wild. They'd probably just run with it. They'd probably just run with it. Um, Zeus defeated Ariel Monroe by pin after a Spanish fly. I do like this Zeus. I think she could be good. I enjoyed this first match. We'll see what comes of her. I was not impressed with Big Swole, but... Um, she, I mean, she, there wasn't anything horribly bad about her. Her moniker just didn't fit her. And you just, you can't show a lot in this short amount of time, and she wasn't able to show a lot. But yeah. like I said, I, I could definitely see her doing more with WWE in the future. The name Zeus kind of bothers me. I don't know. You ever see that show Superstore? Yeah, yeah, yeah I like Superstore. <laughs> Zeus. It's kind of the same thing. I guess when I first when I first heard Zeus, the first thing I thought of was Lucius. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I know she was pregnant, and then I think she still is pregnant, right? Yeah. But, yeah. She's pregnant. Anyways. Dina's pregnant. Fucking. Everybody's pregnant. She just boned what's-his-face. Dina's fucking freaked out when she seen that, um, <laughs> that ultrasound. That, that fucked her up inside, man. I love that show so much. That is a good show. That is a some really of, good some show. Some of the best characters in a sitcom in a long time. Actually, some of the best stuff is just the, um, like, in between the characters or what's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, the random customers or what a random worker who you've never seen before, just when they do weird shit. Yep. That's some of the I love that. Just the transitions are so great. Good show. Folks, check out Superstore, Wednesday, 7 p.m. on NBC. And stay tuned to Butter Pop Culture, where we will probably eventually do an episode on the show ourselves. We could. I have no idea what day and time that fucking airs. I just made up Wednesday at 7. <laughs> it, it sounds right. It sounds right. I know it's NBC. I do know it's NBC. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. Next up, we have Casey Cadenzaro, 28-year-old from the United States. She's 5'0", quite a short feller. 
She's a high flyer, and her finish is the Warped Splash. Casey, as you might have guessed, at 5-0 is the shortest and one of the least experienced in the Mae Young Classic. Casey has twice, though, made Sports Illustrated Fittest 50 list. She was the first woman to compete to complete the American Ninja Warrior and has competed in the original what American Ninja Warrior ripped off Japanese show Sasuke. She took on Reina Gonzalez. Reina Gonzalez is also from the United States. She's a whole foot taller at 6-0. Her style is powerhouse and her finisher is a lethal lariat. Pasty Reina Gonzalez always dreamed of following in her father's footsteps and entering the squared circle. She traveled all over Texas to watch her dad, Ricky Desperado Gonzalez, compete. In the process, she immersed herself in Lucha Libre. However, it doesn't mean you should expect many high-flying antics from this hard-hitting Texan, describing herself as a little bit of a sunshine mixed with a little hurricane. Gonzalez fights both ugly and dirty, Pasty. <laughs> Basically just meaning she doesn't wash before the match. Right. That's all that really means. That's that's all that means. Um, Man, I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember this match, so I don't got a lot to say <laughs> about it. But uh, Casey Cantanzaro defeated Reina Gonzalez with a roll-up. I do kind of remember the finish because I think that's the only time they actually did like a kind of shit finish like that. with a With a quick little roll-up. Um, and if I remember right, I thought Reina Gonzalez should have won. I kind of liked her look too, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't honestly well, remember a lot. Casey Catanzaro was in last year's uh, MYC, wasn't she? Was she? I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, we've she talked about been. her in the build-up to this. One of the two. I don't think we've I, talked about her on the build-up to I'm this because sure. I didn't recognize I'm sure. the name, but she. Uh, She could have been. Let's check that out real quick. Yes. Uh, Little Wayne's Carter 5 dropped today. <laughs> it comes in at a solid 23 tracks, and the shortest track on the album is 3 minutes and 7 seconds long. Making Lil Wayne, I feel, the first hip-hop artist to realize that CDs are dead and it can't it, it, it doesn't define what an album is anymore yeah I only listened to a handful of songs uh, most of them I wasn't 100% for some of them I kind of liked and yeah I mean cool it's been seven years since his last album dropped so and folks, since we're talking about hip-hop albums that drop, don't forget Kevin Gates' Luca Brasi 3 album. You don't it's listen gonna to Kevin It's going to be all fucking fire. All fire. I do. Too. I do. And Tenacious D released I don't sit a down single. And... Who? Tenacious D. Oh, yeah, nobody listens to you Tenacious shut D. shut the fuck up. So. No, I don't see her in last, uh, last year's at all. So... Maybe you were just uh, in on the, the Casey Cantanzaro. We talked about her at some point. I recognize the name, and I recognize the whole competed in the Ninja Warrior shit. Yeah, that's possible. Moving on, the veteran Mercedes Martinez. This is a match that, that everybody needs to go out of their way to watch, by the way. 
37 years old from the United States, 5'7". She's a powerhouse. Finishes the Fisherwoman Buster. Took Mercedes Martinez 17 years pasty to finally enter a WWE ring. But when she did in last year's May Young Classic, she was in last year's pasty, she made it count, advancing all the way to the semifinals. A decorated champion on the U.S. independent wrestling circuit, the Latina sensation was ousted in tournament competition by her own protege, the current reigning NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, who she had helped train. Veteran has held titles in NWA, Defiant Pro, NCW Femme Fatales, World Extreme Wrestling, Women Superstars Uncensored, Shine, Shimmer, and was number two in PWI's Female 50 in 2011. So She's the men get quite the 500 resume. and the women only get 50? That is correct, but That's to be fair, it's a, it's a men's sport, and there's it's hard to find 500 women, let alone... Hashtag pound, pound us as well. I am hoping, though, I am hoping soon that um, with the way women's wrestling is evolving and growing, um, and it's not a pun on WWE, but just in general... I'm hoping soon they can have a female 100. I think that would be great. I don't know that they'll ever get a female 500. To be fair, though, women have cracked the, the, the PWI 500. Yeah. So it's not unheard of. Um, and she took on Ashley Rain, 32 years old, from the United States, 5'3". Her finisher is A Chance of Rain. The former Madison Rain pasty and forever oh. queen B is a 13-year veteran, including five-time Ashley Madison. I uh because <laughs> WWE wants their own thing. Uh, five-time Knockouts champ, two-time Knockouts tag champ, former Shimmer tag champ, and was ranked number five in the 2011 PWI Female 50, the same one that Mercedes got number two in. She has competed almost everywhere, including Ohio Championship Wrestling, Wrestlelicious, Prime Wrestling, Remix Pro, Ring of Honor, and Impact. TNA, but yeah. Well, she wrestled in Impact, since it's been Impact. That's my boo. Yeah, that's what I, I know. You you should at least go and check this one out, Pasty, because you'll like <laughs> yeah. this. This was the main event of uh, was it Night Two? I don't fucking remember. My my favorite. Uh, impact knockout. Yeah, this was this was awesome, and, and Mercedes Martinez. I mean, Bully obviously Ray's she's favorite too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, don't tell his girlfriend Velvet Sky. Oh that. wait, it was Velvet Sky that he. Oh, well, he picked <laughs> the wrong one. He picked the wrong one. That's on him. <laughs> um. Really, really great match. I was surprised. I thought since Mercedes Martinez got so far last year that they would push Madison Rain, but no, Martinez defeated Ashley Rain by pinfall after a Fisherman Buster. So Ashley Rain had one match and she was out. I would not be surprised, though, to see her make her way to NXT. I would not be surprised. Up next, we go from... Two greats to two others. Oh, I'm wrong. I don't like Madison Rain. Fuck. <laughs> you used to like Madison Rain. Guy. You liked Madison Rain when she was on the last uh, Ring of um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, Impact she, Wrestling. Yeah, in, in the it, last it, Impact Wrestling. It's cool to see her after I hadn't saw her since I 
stopped watching TNA all those years ago. Okay. Well, to be fair, as far as looks go, I'm a Velvet Sky Girl, so. so You're a Velvet bully. Sky Girl, huh? I'm a Velvet Sky Girl. So Bully and Pasty yeah, and yeah. Fat Mac are all on the same page. We have Kavita Devi, 32 years old. We know you're all about from... that ODB. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I love ODB. She can give me a face full of that stuff. <laughs> stuff. Don't know what else to call it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I know I might get my ass kicked by uh, whichever, um, whichever one of them boys she's with. I don't know if she's still with him. I know she was dating one of the uh, Briscoes. Oh. I think it was Mark, but I don't know if she's still with him or not. And they just, they look like they go together. Right. <laughs> Kavita Devi, the powerhouse with a roundhouse kick. Just under a year into her WWE career, pasty, the scary, powerful Kavita Devi is already accustomed to making sports entertainment history. In 2017... Say it with me, folks. She became the first, first Indian woman <laughs> to compete in the WWE ring in the first Mae Young Classic. One year later, she became the first Indian woman to sign a WWE Performance Center contract and compete on the grandest stage of them all when she fought in the WrestleMania 34 Women's Battle Royal. She was even named one of India's first ladies. <laughs> of all time. A death the first woman to ever come out of India. Just, just the first lady. <laughs> A designation given to the high-performing women in a variety of fields. A champion powerlifter, Pasty, Devi was trained by your favorite champion, the great Kali. You're right. Punjabi. I am right. She was trained by him. I know this. She took on a name that some folks so might remember. So she can't walk too well then, huh? No. <laughs> Not at all. I love how she's only like a year in and she's already, they're already giving her like this uh, apparently prestigious designation of first lady. Like, why not wait till she does something? India's got, India's got a ton of people. I like you how can't she's tell only me. one of India's first ladies. So is she the first lady or isn't she? Well, a lot of them came out at the same time, Pasty, so they all get it, you know. No. The first, second, third, that's how ordering works. They came out at the same time, man. How, how, how are you going to do that? She, anyway, she took on a, she a name She was even from the named past. one of India's ladies. <laughs> <laughs> she was a lady. They gave her a name. It happens. Moving on. Caitlin Pasty, remember Caitlin? Yeah. 31 years old, United States 5'6", with a hybrid style, former Divas champion. She calls herself the Hybrid Diva, and she launched her own women's fitness apparel company, Celestial Bodies, after leaving wrestling. Very edgy. With a Z. Very edgy. <laughs> yeah, that was back in the 90s. <laughs> um... Thankfully, Caitlyn defeated Kavita by pin after a cannonball followed by a spear. We don't need to see any more of Kavita. Yeah. I'm done with her. Unless she I was never a big Caitlyn fan, but... The great then, then we'll handle her. All right. Uh, never a big Caitlyn fan, but it's good to see names from the past come and 
you know, I mean, it helps. It helps sell the the show itself anyways. We all know Caitlin's not going to win. Man, this one, I only had to look at her name to know she's from England. And that's Ginny. <laughs> Ginny, 29 <laughs> years old from England. She's 5'6". She's a technical wrestler, and her finisher is the facelift. A middle rope face buster. Wouldn't that be a face drop? Ooh. I see what you did there, Pasty. I see what you did there. <laughs> the first female graduate of... They're big on first, <laughs> right. man. Everything's of a fucking course. first. Um, I could have edited this and get all the first out, but, you know, might as well give the devils their due. She is the first female graduate of Progress Wrestling School. Ginny is a snobbish, posh, fast fashionista easy for me well, to say save that one five times fast i know right snobbish posh fashionista that is hard on the mouth <laughs> she's from west london's ultra exclusive knightsbridge district i used to go there a lot myself jenny has stolen the spotlight in promotions across the united kingdom for the past three and a half years pasty and she took on a fan favorite from last year's tournament the australian tony storm 22 years old from Australia. She's 5'5". She has a strong style, and her finisher is the Storm Zero Piledriver. Former stardom champion and first ever Progress Women's Champion. Not to be confused with first ever graduate of Progress. <laughs> right. <laughs> two, two fucking different things. After defeating Ginny and Laura DiMato in a three-way match to win that title. This match marked the first time that female wrestlers competed in the main event for progress. So that's cool. That is actually really cool. First time I ever. I give a lot of shit for firsts, but anytime that the women get a, um, a main event, that, that's awesome. So good for them. Tony lost to Kyrie Sane in the semifinals of last year's tournament, but then won a three-way to become the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Though the following day at NXT, she was defeated by the defending women's champion, Shayna Baszler. This match saw Tony defeat Ginny with a uh, German snap suplex. Uh, Ginny was cool. I actually, uh, I was into her, uh, I was into her style. She's kind of a... A snobbish, posh fashionista. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what she was. But she was really bubbly. Uh, she kind of reminded me of back when um, Emma or Alexa Bliss first started. Okay. Kind of that kind of poppy kind of deal. And I dug it. I dug it. I, I liked her character. I don't know that we'll see much more of her going forward. We probably will in the uh, NXT UK. I wouldn't be surprised. Looks took. Which is set to uh, take the place of the Mae Young Classic when it's finished up on Wednesdays on the WWE Network, making a three-hour wrestling block on Wednesdays as well. Yeah, they were really, really, really trying to shop that around to an actual channel in the United Kingdom, but they I was surprised they got no takers, at least not for what they wanted, I guess, because they were really trying hard to make that a, uh, a TV show. Yeah. But that's good. I think that's great, although... Give it time. It'll draw enough attention. It'll make it on TV over there. I I, I feel that it could kind of dilute the product by having an NXT and an NXT right after each other. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you can stream them we whenever you want, NXT so that's not a big parties. deal. But I just feel like if it's me, I'd space NXTs out. 
but that's just it me. is weird that they're shoving three hours of wrestling into one night on the network when you have how many nights a week do you not release original content? Well, you know they don't want to interfere with Monday. They don't want to interfere with Tuesday, so you got those. The rest of the week, I don't know what their fucking problem yeah. is. Why not do one Wednesday, one Thursday, one Friday? I know. Well, Friday is kind of a, a, a killer, but two Wednesday, one Thursday Just or something. Put two o five live on Friday. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> watching it anyways. Up next, we had Jai Li. She's from China. She's 5'3", a striker, and her finisher is the tornado kick. She is the first Chinese woman, Pacey, to ever compete in a WWE ring. Oh, no. <laughs> Jai Li made her in-ring debut at last year's Mae Young Classic. She is a lifelong combat sport athlete. Jai has trained in martial arts and is the co-founder of her own fitness studio. Jai Li has multiple first-place finishes in various martial arts and fitness competitions, including... Now? That's her real name. Oh. Well, you didn't put that anywhere um, else in the article. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I didn't say it to the folks. I kind of scoured the, the web for a lot of all of this pasty, so, um, you know, I took, I took bits and pieces that I thought were important and could talk about and threw them <laughs> in, right. so it was said somewhere. <laughs> Um, anyway, she has gotten first place finishes in a lot, including the World Traditional Chinese Wushu Championship, the Nike Challenge Competition, and the first China Throwdown Battle on the Bund. Battle of the Band? Um, she obviously is not a Republican because she was down with the Nike Challenge Competition, so good for her. She took on Karen Q. Now, I'm going to say this right now. If you watch... Um, the network, Karen Q is billed as chi- as representing China. Actually, they bill her from Chinatown, but she is from the United States. Um, she is uh, from Brooklyn, born and raised. From everything I could find about her, so she's not. I mean, she's of Chinese heritage, but she's not from China. Okay. And she isn't from Chinatown, so WWE just trying to play their racist games. You know how they are. Yep. So I'm just going to call it how it is. She's from the United States, 5'2", technical, high-flying. Her, uh, I do love this, though. Her finishing move is the spring roll, <laughs> which is a Boston Crab. So, I mean, she's throwing a little of her own kind of uh, stereotypes in there. But, hell, you got to love it. If she's going with it, I'm going to go with it. With her inspirations, Pasty, um, being, being her inspirations... <laughs> You know, as they tend to do. Um, growing <laughs> got to be a long night at some point, Pasty. Trust me, this was a lot. This was a lot. Um, her inspirations growing up, including watching matches and events featuring WWE's Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. She also cited China, Trish Stratish, and Lita as inspirations. She always knew, Karen always knew, that she would arrive in WWE at some point. Debuting in 2014, she has worked in Victory Pro, Game Changer Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and East Coast Championship Wrestling, where she is a former women's champion. This match had probably the loudest pop of the first round. Jai Lee, Karen Q, they go to the middle of the ring, they bow, 
And then they both take their fighting stance as if they were in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like they have their own, like for real, they, they go back and take their own fighting stance. And the the crowd at the Mae Young Classic at Full Sail just erupted. Like they loved that shit. They were eating out of their hands. This was a really fun, really badass match. I enjoyed this one. This is another one I would strongly recommend. Jai Lee versus Karen Q. In the end, Jai Lee defeated Karen Q. After a blink-and-you'd-miss-it pasty flipping axe kick, what she calls the tornado kick, and I can see why it's called the tornado kick. This was a very fun, very good match. All right. Up next, um, another one of the matches that you... This, this is probably the best match of the first round, I would say. Hands down, this was the best match of the first round. We've seen Allison Kay, 30 years old, United States, 5'10", a brawler, her finisher being the AK-47 cutter. Kay's wrath pasty has been felt in countries like China, India, Mexico, England, and Japan, where she once shared a dojo apartment with Sarah Logan and Serena Deeb. The towering Kay is the current Shine Champion and former three-time TNA, GFW, Impact, whatever you want to call it, Knockouts Champion. And she was ranked number 8 in the 2017 PWI Female 50. She took on one of my favorites, Mia Yim. 29 years old from the United States, 5'7", a striker. Her finish is soul food. Mia Yim draws inspiration from legendary competitors like Lita and Aja Kong. You don't hear enough about Aja Kong. She was a badass back in the day. Um, but with her Muay Thai and Taekwondo background, the self-proclaimed Blasian baddie has paved her own path over the course of her nine-year career. Right. What the fuck are you doing over there, pasty? Stuff. <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> Having competed in CZW, DDT, Shine, Shimmer, Ring of Honor, Impact, and last year's Mae Young Classic, the former Jade is one of the most experienced competitors in the brackets. Mia Yim is a former DDT Ironman heavy metal weight champ. I love that. I, I just, I love that there's a heavy metal weight champion. Great. And Ironman, which was a heavy metal song. Right? Done by right? Yeah, yeah. It's the Ironman heavy metal weight champ. Like, that's just, that's badass. That's just badass. DDT, Pasty, do you know the DDT, uh, does that sound familiar to you? The DDT uh, promotion? Uh, yeah. That's the promotion where um, where um, Kota Ibushi wrestled the blow up jaw blow up okay. doll, and where like Kenny Omega wrestled yep. the eight year old girl. Yep. Yeah, it's just a fun, just a really fun promotion. Go out of your way to watch some of that stuff, folks. Unless go you're go a hit up your YouTube or machine. Girl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, she's also a former Shine Tag Champ with Leva Bates, paste, hey, one of Pasty's favorites, pants. and uh, Shine Women's Champ former TNA Queen of Knockouts and Knockouts champ, and was ranked number six in the PWI Female 50. Femmel. Femmel. Told you, man. It got to be long, long, man. You're reading this shit. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, man. I, uh, I fucked up a lot. I put Femmel up there at the top, too, didn't I? I put Femmel twice. Uh, this, this, um, for those of you who don't know, this... This rivalry goes way back. They've fought each other so many times in the Indies. 
In fact, um, they tell a story about how Mia Yim actually busted Allison K's nose, I think, the first time they met up in the Independence. Just smashed her nose horribly. They also carried their feud into Impact, where, as I said, Mia Yim wrestled as Jade and Allison Cade wrestled as uh, uh, Sienna. Sienna. And they had some badass matches there. Mia Yim ended up defeating Allison Cade by pinfall after a top rope soul food, which, for those of you who don't know, is like um, uh, Gail Kim's eat defeat, or basically just a foot to the face, like a dropping foot to the face. But off the top rope, it's pretty badass, too. I'm a huge. I, I'm a big fan of both of these these competitors. I'm a huge Mia Yim fan. Always have been. Always will be. I hope she gets picked up by WWE. I hope she goes far in this tournament. Yeah. I don't see her winning this tournament, but I would be all for it. Yeah, send her to the moon. Well, no, just leave her here on Earth. I want to watch the shit. You know how expensive it would be to watch her <laughs> in the moon. But this this definitely. If you're only gonna watch one match of round one, folks. Watch this match. It is really a really badass match. Um, they they tell a good story in the short amount of time that they have. All right. And I just can't sell this one enough. We have about 20 uh, minutes left. 20 minutes? Yeah, I told you this was going to take up the whole show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we spent a half hour at the beginning rambling, too, <laughs> but that's not bad. We can get the Oh, we're, we're at the end anyways. Uh, up next was Rachel half. Evers. We're just starting the last half. <laughs> oh, we got four <laughs> left. Just four. Rachel Evers, 25 years old in the United States, 5'6". She's a striker powerhouse and her finishing moves the spear. Pasty. Yes. The St. Like Paul, Minnesota native. Over and over again. <laughs> Daughter of WWE Hall of Famer Paul Ellering and protege of Lance Storm. Rachel Ellering, who is now going by Rachel Evers which I think is just stupid, but whatever, is returning for her second May Young Classic. The one-woman Minnesota Wrecking Crew is still a bit green pasty, but has the machine behind her. In other words, WWE is going to push the shit out of her, so don't count her out. And she took on Hiroyo Matsumoto, 32-year-old Japanese, 5'6 powerhouse. Lady Godzilla, they call her pasty. Lady Godzilla. And she can be summed up in one word. Destroy. Nice. It is, it is both a mantra as well as her singular goal whenever she steps into the ring, as competitors of Japan already know all too well. Matsumoto made her professional debut in July of 2006, ranked the 25th best woman wrestler in the world in the 2017 by PWI Female 50. Matsumoto is revered for her intensity and boundless energy and once held four championships simultaneously. Uh, Matsumoto defeated Rachel Ellering by pinfall after a powerbomb and a rock drop suplex. I'm just going to move on because I do want to get to some of this news. At least we got to talk about the other Pound Me 2 thing going on. Um, Teyanara Konchi. She trained in judo for 15 years, earning medals and a black belt in Rio de Janeiro before joining the WWE. She debuted as Tayanara Melo on May 13th in a battle royal to determine the number one contender to the NXT Women's Championship. She wrestled her first singles match on July 6th, where she was defeated by Lacey Evans. Then she took part in the 2017 May Young Classic, where she was eliminated in the first round by Lacey Evans. 
Since then, Tayanara has stayed busy in NXT wrestling in several tag matches on house shows throughout the remainder of 2017 and through 2018. So, we'll be seeing a lot of her in the future, for sure. Jesse Elaban is a military brat. Elaban traveled a lot while growing up pasty and played a variety of sports, soccer, basketball, track, and volleyball, which earned her a scholarship to Concordia University. She switched her focus to the ring in 2017, though, when she was recruited to the WWE Performance Center. She's a newcomer in the ring, but the self-proclaimed goofy, clumsy Elaban has already earning high praise at NXT Live events. Tayanara Konchi beat Jesse Elaban after a judo throw side slam. So basically, two NXT women anyways mm. that are already based signed to NXT, so you're going to be seeing a lot of both Konchi and Elaban in the future. Oh, yeah. I don't see either of them winning this tournament. No. But we will. Isla Dawn. She was a favorite of mine. I haven't seen her before. 24-year-old Scotland striker. Unique kind of gets thrown around a lot, pasty, in the WWE, but it is safe to say that the Mae Young Classic has seen few competitors like NXT UK superstar Isla Dawn. The self-described modern-day witch employs a hard-hitting style drawn from her background in kickboxing and dance, and has carried her, and, has, and that has carried her throughout promotions across Europe. Molded by influences as varying as Goldust, which happened to be her first WWE action figure, to Nikki Cross and Killian Dane, Don is also unique in what she exemplifies. She says, quote, a representation of all women in all stages of their life and the power they hold. Don also claims she represents never being what a woman should be by social standards. Fun little fact here, Pasty. She was in a horror movie, The House of Him. Ooh. Pound him, too. She took on the veteran Nicole Matthews, making her debut in 2006, Pasty. Way back, way back. Way against way Becky back. Lynch. Against Becky Lynch, nonetheless. Matthews has turned into a perennial threat anywhere she wrestles, including Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling, Wrestlelicious <laughs> Supergirls, NWA, NCW, Femme Fatale, Shine, Shimmer, and Throat Japan in Australia. Over the course of her career, she has locked up with everyone from Asuka to WWE Performance Center head coach Sarah Del Rey. Her accolades include three-time ECCW champion, four-time ECCW women's champion, two-time ECCW tag champion, two-time Shimmer tag champ with her Canadian Ninjas partner Portia Perez, one-time Shimmer Champ and ranked Good 16 man. in the PWI 50 in both 15 and 16. Nicole Matthews beat Isla Dawn by submission with the Lion Tamer. Um, I, I was sad to see Isla Dawn go, but she is part of NXT UK, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. She really jumped out at me, this Isla Dawn. Yeah. Oh. And last, and kind of least... We got Zaya Brookside, 19-year-old from England. She is the youngest grappler in the Mae Young Classic, but Brookside enters the competition already well-traveled, having battled in five different countries just a little over three years into her career. She also boasts an impressive pedigree as the daughter of British wrestling legend and WWE performance coach Robbie Brookside. And she took on probably the, the biggest name in this whole event, Io Shirai, 28-year-old from Japan, 5'1", high flyer, strong style, finishing moonsault. 
She was named the top women's wrestler of the year for the past three years by national Japanese newspaper Tokyo Sports. Io is best known for her work in stardom, where she was a former two-time Wonder of Stardom champion and a six-time Artist of Stardom, stardom champion, while also being a former two-time World of Stardom champion and one-time Goddess of Stardom champion. High Speed and SWA World Champion, and she was recognized as the Ace of Stardom and was the recipient of the 2015 and 2016 and 2017 Tokyo Sports Joshi Purusho Grand Prizes. This was actually, I was surprised for the last match of round one. This was a very quick match. Io Shirai made quick work of Zia Brockside. She won by pin after a top rope moonsault pasty that was just beautiful. Just beautiful. And, and, and she, that's how she gets the name, the genius of the sky. So all in all, folks, I recommend watching round one. But if you're only going to watch a few, Allison K versus Mia Yim for sure. Jai Lee versus Karen Q. Mercedes Martinez versus Madison Rain. I, I'd check out those ones. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch some of them. That's for sure. Yeah. So, Pacey, let's jump right now into um, what, what everybody's talking about. This past Monday night, Brie Bella continued her streak of screwing up on live <laughs> camera. But this was the uh, easily the worst instance yet, as she didn't just hurt herself in her in her imitation of her husband's yes kicks. She injured her colleague Liv Morgan by smashing her in the head twice with the yes kicks, causing a concussion. Uh, first, let me just say one thing first, Paisley, and then we'll kind of get into everything. Yeah. I don't think that Brie is unsafe, and I don't. I think this was an accident, right. a fuck up, and it happens. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know the internet's blowing up too because everybody's like, oh, it was an accident when Seth Rollins did it, but when Brie Bella did it, and everybody's up in arms. I was just, just as up in arms when Seth Rollins did it. Actually, probably more so because he injured three people in rapid succession like it was on purpose. Right. So, but what, what bothers me and what I want to talk about here, well, first, l let's say what happened, man. She's doing her yes kicks, and it looked, it almost looked like, I don't know if they both kind of screwed I think, up or I what. I think Liv but Morgan some, lost point, her balance on her knees and kind of fell forward into it too soon. Well, at one, yeah, at one point, Nikki ends up kicking Liv right in the face, it looked like, just smack mm -hmm. in the face. And that kind of knocked her cold, and then Liv started falling forward and Brie kept kicking. Not I, I, Honestly, I don't think she knew something was going on. Right. And when Liv fell forward and Brie kicked, she smacked her straight in the head, hard as shit. Um, Liv just dropped to the ground, couldn't move. So it looked really bad, but again, I'm not blaming anybody on that. What I do blame, first of all, as soon as that happened, Brie Bella dragged Liv by her neck over to her corner. Um, don't fucking grab people by the neck right. when they're unconscious or hurt. Don't do that. That's just common sense. Clearly so that was she just needs kind to get of, out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that was just, that was ugly, I thought. Like, whoa. Mm. But then they still brought her back in and had her be part of that three-woman suplex. So they suplexed her after this happened, which is a substantial bump. Yeah. Not the worst bump in the world. Jeff Hardy's took worse, right. but I mean, that's a bump. Yeah. 
there seemed to be nobody from the backstage coming out to check on her. Seemed to be nobody talking to the ref telling him to check on her. That was all stupid. And then, to make matters worse, after the fact, after Raw went off the air, WWE released Bree's statement about the incident before releasing any information about Liv, her update or talking about her injury or anything. So they just... I, I feel like it was handled improperly. The incident itself, I don't think... I mean, it was horrible, but I don't think anybody's to blame. The handling of it, I think, was just fucked up. I don't know, man. I think this is all set up. You know, last week <laughs> on SmackDown, up, she said she wasn't going to be on SmackDown anymore because she had shit she needed to take care of on Raw. I'll tell you what. If it was set up, <laughs> Liv fucking sold that shit good. And they, they did a good job because it looks like she just fucking wailed the shit out Liv, of Liv's Liv head. Liv probably flashed Daniel Bryan backstage at some point while she was at <laughs> home taking care of Birdie. Um, and then that, you know, that puts the, um, one of the, lar- the, one of the main events of evolution or, uh, no, it's the super showdown, isn't it? That they have the three way, they have the Bellas and, um, who's, who's with the Bellas? Uh, against, Natalia. Against the, yeah, the Bellas and Natalia against the riot squad. So is that going to change to just the Bellas versus the two of them or, or what? We don't know. Just Nikki, Bella, and Natalia versus the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Get Brie out of here. I haven't heard an update on Liv's condition. Um, I don't know if you have, but... Uh, From what I've heard, she's doing okay. Concussed, but that's to be expected. Let's see here. Let's go to... Yeah, yeah. I, I last I had heard, they hadn't even officially said she was concussed, but I, I don't know. Um, here's a Liv Morgan. According to I'm reading this from RingsideNews.com. According to them, Liv Morgan does have a concussion. And it says there was an update on F4 Daily Audio Update. Get out of here. Where Brian Alvarez. So here's the WWE side of the story. This is coming from Brian Alvarez. So they're in the ring. Bree starts firing kicks. She hits, and he just starts counting for, like, the fucking count. One, two, three, fucking. Get the yes chance going. Looking at the corner while she's throwing kicks, which is problem number one, he says. Which I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, maybe she's not even paying attention. Like, I think a lot of people have pointed out there is a much smaller target when you're trying to do yes kicks on a woman. You don't want to kick them in the boobs. You don't want to kick them in the head, unlike a dude where you can kick them from the bottom of the sternum up. That actually makes sense also, yeah. Yeah. So she's got to be paying attention. That's number one. So she's looking at the corner. She throws a kick. It hits Liv, and the belief is she got knocked out on the first kick. She starts to fall forward and gets hit with the second kick, which is kind of what I was thinking, which is the way, which, by the way, is exceedingly dangerous to get hit a second time after the first. That is very true. Mm. She goes down now. Um, I don't want. I don't want to be the guy to be fired, but I... But I do, and this goes for every referee that works for WWE. The story is the ref had no clue that Liv Morgan was unconscious. I don't know how he didn't when everybody else knew. 
Well, yeah, when you had to drag her by the fucking neck. Um, apparently, they asked from the back what was going on, and the referee got the message. They asked from the back what was going on. Okay, here, let's jump here. This would explain why Morgan... It is noted that Brie Bella obviously knew Liv Morgan was out cold because she can be heard telling the other girls in the match that she's out. Apparently, they asked from the back what was going on, and the referee got the message, so they took Liv out of the match. This was when Dr. Amon came to assist Morgan. The ref also apparently missed a pinfall attempt because he was watching what was happening to Morgan. The referee apparently told Morgan to get down from the apron, but nobody stopped her. This is when the suplex spot happened, and she rocked herself again. Mm -hmm. After three concussive blows to her head, Morgan was finally out of the match, and even though she wasn't actually taken to the back. I'll have to go back and watch this, because I didn't realize all that other stuff. I didn't notice anybody come down from the back or any of that. But, uh... Hmm. It's just I, funny I, how I WWE hope... handles a legit injury over handling a storyline injury like at Hell in a Cell. Right, you right, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, Hell in a Cell, they guys, stop they everything, they get the gurneys. We're just, they're done, this match is over, <laughs> the pay-per-view's over. <laughs> yep, and a legit injury, just drag her to the corner. <laughs> Grab her by the neck, it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I hope the best for Liv. I'm a I'm a Liv Morgan fan. I hope a swift and uh, complete recovery. Hopefully, it's something minor. She, hopefully, if she can pass the um, impact tests, she can still be on the pay per view. I'd hate for her to miss the pay per view, but I don't want her to be in the pay per view just to be in it and end up injuring herself worse. Right. That's the worst yeah. thing to happen. She's got a long, long career ahead of her. Um, we're about at the end here, Pasty. Do you want to touch on anything else important? Oh, well, 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 well. Did I mention the Matt Hardy thing at the top of the show, or did I talk about that before the show started? Mm, I think before the show okay. started. Well, WWE is potentially planning on... Using Awoken Matt Hardy for a series of short sketches ba set up basically like a sitcom. I'm assuming the first one's going to be a Halloween thing. But, yeah, the Hardy compound, the Hardy family, the uh, the whole cast and crew will be involved. And Senior Benjamin. It's nice to see Vince actually taking this a little bit seriously after Matt can't compete anymore. <laughs> well, and let's hope that they just let Matt have creative control. Right. Yeah. And they don't have WWE writers writing this uh -huh. shit. Put it right on the network. You don't even have to shit. have it on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. And that's probably why Vince doesn't care. It's on the network. Vince yeah. doesn't seem to care about what's on the network. Well, I mean, he, he put really Camp, doesn't. Camp WWE on there. I mean, yeah, he doesn't says, care. <laughs> says it all. <laughs> Uh, I do think we should touch on Joey Janela also. Yeah. It's very rare that something like this happens. And um, Liv Morgan kind of took took head billing, probably because of all the anti-Bree shit. But, folks, Joey Janela completely fucked his knee up. Like, completely fucked it up. And all he did was a uh, just a splash from the, from the top of the turnbuckle to the outside of the ring. Of course, there was no mats. It was concrete. 
But basically, and I'll just go quickly here. I'll just go through it. I won't read everything. Without fucking your shit up. It's a splash. Wrestlers do it all the time, Pacey. You see it every day. Um, So this is what happened to him, folks. A complete PCL tear. A complete MCL tear. Um, Actually, let me me start up from what he is. Um, So he says, I completely tore and destroyed my PCL. I completely tore and destroyed my MCL. There's an impaction fracture in one of the bones in my knee that I don't know how to pronounce, he says. Um, I have a mild bone contusion in another bone in my knee, a sprain of the fibular collateral ligament. He says, I think I got that right. A partial tear of another ligament, the pedal, f- the other ligament. Um, <laughs> and he ha- I have an ACL sprain and a small knee infusion. So he's got about eight issues. He is going to need surgery. He says he's talked to a few specialists, but he's going to be out for a long while. He even says that. He says he's going to disappear for a bit. What a shame. Joey Janela's name is starting to blow up, right. and this and his knee blew up. Yep. <laughs> That's rough stuff. Very I mean, sad. at least it didn't happen before All In, I guess. Yeah, yeah, at least he got to, to get his name out there and get shown huge, but... uh. This is another one. It's like we hope the best and the speediest recovery for this guy because he's going to be out. Like he said, I could see him being out a year Fucking the easily. Azar, he'll never be the same coming back either. That's true. That's true. And this is a guy, folks, think about it. Not only is that a fairly common move in, in today's wrestling world, obviously 20 years ago it would have been a high spot, but this is a guy who jumped off of a fucking building with Zandig through light tubes into a fiery fucking um, pickup bed. <laughs> I know everybody had to have seen that, yeah. and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Joey Janela Zandig, and you'll see the son of a bitch jump off the roof of, like, a, a two-story building onto a fucking pickup bed full of light tubes and fire. So, I mean, this is a guy who knows. I mean, he he can handle shit. It it's just, just goes to show you anything can happen. You can jump off a building through light tubes into a fiery pickup bed with another human being and be just fine. And then you can jump off the top turnbuckle and fuck your shit up. You never know. Oh, with that, Pacey, I think we're probably done for the evening. Of course, of course. I write the news section. You just shut it down every week. I know. And we got to the news last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, just a quick synopsis of my news. Impact Wrestling will be in Las Vegas recording three nights of TV tapings this November at Samstown Casino, which is the very same casino that used to house the Ring of Honor. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler rematch confirmed for WWE Evolution for the NXT Women's Championship, so that's cool. Probably going to be the best yeah. women's match on that pay-per-view. Oh, for sure. Uh, Neville has apparently disappeared. Or as I like to call it, another pack, <laughs> another pock gone ghost. Yes. Uh, Neville was in talks with some promotions. He told him he wasn't ready to start yet, citing legal issues. David Metzl wrote that he completely gone off the grid and hadn't responded to promoters as best as we can tell. Will Ospreay wanted to do a singles match with him at Wrestle Kingdom, but we have no idea if he's up to it or anything in wrestling right now. It is so. It is to be noted. The legal issues that were mentioned before was in reference to his contract with WWE, which they deny as they have publicly released him from his contract, allowing him to wrestle for anyone, anywhere, anytime. 
So it's kind of up in the air there. We don't know what the fuck's going on. I, I, I almost wonder if he's just not going to show right back up at WWE. Right, and he could. Yeah. You know, if he was... It, it, and people had <laughs> talked about this, too, and, it, and it's very true. He could have just wanted to get out of his WWE contract so that he could get a better contract and just re, re, re-sign with them, you know, but, but ask him for more. Hold him up. Say, no, you fucking need me. So, yeah, he definitely could. Another fun news, the 100% Jamaican man, Kofi Kingston, has officially broke the 100% (laughs) ass man, Billy Gunn's record for cumulative days as WWE Tag Team Champion at 955 days and counting. A man's going to crack a thousand. He will. And Alberto El Patron is back in the news this week with a new lady (sighs) friend. (laughs) And he took shots at his former lover, Paige, on Twitter after a fan made a comment about the new woman Patron was sitting with in a dinner photograph. Professional GG says she's way better looking than Paige. Yes, even Paige Latina version 2018. And this is met with a response from Del Rio or El Patron saying, yes, and this one doesn't have more than nine police reports against her or three arrests in different states or committed in two mental hospitals like the one you mentioned did. And with real evidence, not just lies, from her loser brother. <laughs> Stay classy, <laughs> El Patron. Rio, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, that guy's something else. <laughs> something else, that guy. I got through my news anyway. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. And we're only five over, so that's not Sweet. bad. So with that being said, pasty, as all is right in the universe, and as we are recording in the evening again, as it should be, I am Fat Mac. And I'm pasty white. And pound us also. Pound us as well. Or pound us as well. As also well. Well done. <laughs>